Join Chelsea, Kurt, and Trent each and every week as we talk indigenous music and amplify indigenous voices. All right. Hey, everybody. What We're going to give you a little taste of our new song. There well, we that's go. Wrong one. <laughs> that's the best <laughs> one. Every time I start something, I started off like last week when you weren't with us, we had Jared Lee with us and we talked for a half an hour before I went live. At least we went live today. I'm going to play this song. Say hello to everybody while I get it set up. Kurt. What up everybody? Uh, sorry. I've been gone for the last couple of weeks. I've been dealing with uh, some personal family uh, things that we'll get into a little bit later on into, into the podcast, but you know, it's good to be back. Hello everybody. And, um, you know, uh, you know, you always got to get back to normal, no matter what happens. You know, in your life, it's it feels good to be here and and see your face. It's been a while, bro. Oh yeah, and uh, big shout out to Chelsea today. Uh, she has a pinched nerve, I believe, in her neck, um, and she might pop in. We're not sure. Um, she was in quite a bit of pain, so. Um, all her fans and, and people on her page, we want to give them a big shout out on her behalf as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was good. Yep. Yeah, I just uh, want to give, uh, you know, a big shout out to the family. Um, you know, been dealing with, um, you know, I, I left on on January 5th. Um, I heard that my dad was in the hospital, so um, I thought that, you know, I'll come up and support my mom because she's retired here in Airdrie. And so I came up and, um, you know, things got worse. And, you know, um, you know, my dad, he lived a, quite a long life, you know, my dad as well. You know, he he lived till about 82 now. So he, you know, he passed on. Um, and so, you know, it's it's a huge uh, learning experience, even though, you know, as a family, we knew that, you know, he was, you know, a, an older man, you know, it, it's still, um, it's quite a blow, um, you know, to happen, you know, when, when your father passes and, um, you know, I was right by his side, um, right to the end, uh, right to, to his last breath there. So, you know, I, I, I got to see the full extent of, of uh what it is to you know basically evaporate as as a as a man or as a human being um right before your eyes and you know it's it's it it's a it's an eye-opening experience and it, it really shows um you know how fast this life is and you know and, and not to sweat so much of the small stuff you know that happens in our lives you know, because, you know, one minute you could be here, the next minute you could be gone. You know, just as we've seen here in the music community, you know, big shout out to uh, Vince and, and Jackie, you know, um, you know, people that are, are you know, passing away, um, you know, in our communities, you know, and, you know, there's been a lot, you know, this year, along with, you know, COVID and that, that type of stuff. So, you know, it's been it's been a tough time. And, you know, that's why I kind of want to start off today uh, with a little bit of an honor song with uh, my flute here for my dad and for all the for Vince, for Jackie, for all the um, people that have lost people to COVID, uh, people that are, you know, sick to Chelsea with her neck, you know, and then also for all the people that are doing wonderful things too. this one's for you. You know, this when we when we do these honor songs. They're not just um, 
praying for for positivity they're also for people that are going through positivity um in our communities uh big shout out to my uh, uh my good buddy uh daryl daryl jr he's um he's uh he's got a new um app program on gordon's first nations i seen him you know doing his business nice young man uh you know the next generation so you know when we play these honor songs we're also playing it for people that are doing positive things like that so um yeah i'll send this out to you know all the people in the crowd out there chelsea all, all the fans and uh for all the people that need it uh this one's for you hi hi It's, uh, yeah, it's definitely, um, you know, it's nice to be back here, as I said, and, you know, I want to thank you guys for keeping on the podcast and, uh, you know, keeping it going. And I was giggling to myself. It kind of took me away to watch you guys, uh, you know, while I was going through my, uh, you know, my situation here. Yeah, man, nothing but love. I know your dad's going to be really missed. Known him a long time and he was a good, good person. So, you know. Lots yeah. of love to you guys. Well, thank you, brother. It's, you know, um, we're we're getting a lot of support. And, you know, looking back at some of the old pictures, I, I sent Dale, <laughs> my brother Dale, a couple of old pictures when he was a, a young, strong lad uh, <laughs> with, with a mullet. And he was the man at that time. Um, you know, and it just goes to show you how fast, you know, time time flies. So enjoy those moments with with your friends and family enjoy those dinners and, and jams and get togethers, you know, it's, it's keep those, those close to you. And, you know, I, I, I encourage um, anybody out there that has their parents to, you know, get a, get an interview with them, get an interview with how their childhood was and how they grew up and, you know, those type of things, because those things will be gold if, if they go, you know? Yeah, for sure. It's a, uh... It's crazy, you know, like when you think about somebody's life, I was looking at some of those pictures you posted and uh, the picture of your dad and his brother, Uncle Howard. Yeah. And just looking at them like they were so young and playing guitar together and it was a part of their lives way back then. And I know that like Howard influenced my dad in guitar yeah. as well. So I mean, like that all intertwines, right? It's all kind of what we're we're talking about, like interconnectivity of music and families and how it just i don't know it just ripples through generations right just like yeah. trauma does so does healing right like we can we can start those ripples of healing 
That's right. And I, and, and I believe that's why we, we play our music, you know, um, you know, when we're in pain, um, we play music to, you know, to, to make art out of that beautiful pain. <laughs> Sometimes we can make beautiful art out of that. Out, out of that. And uh, a lot of songs are written, you know, um, while in pain and, and, and they help people, you know, you, you hear all the time that that music gets people through times and through different things. And, you know, and, and, and so, you know, and I just want to give a shout out to, to the support my woman right now. <laughs> She's been without me for a month. So a big shout out, baby. Thank you for, um, you know, holding it down in Edmonton for me. Um, and, you know, it's been you know, it's been a, it's been a month and, you know, it's been a, a fast month as well, you know, going through this stuff and we're still not done, you know, planning the funeral and stuff and, you know, getting a, a taste of, of what that all entails and, you know, planning all that and getting the eulogy ready and, you know, a, a nice video with some pictures and, you know, my, my, my mom's going through all the paperwork, you know, and yeah. taking my dad off the insurance and, you know, all those type, those little things that, you know, you don't really think about until the time comes and, you know, it, it, it's a lot, but, you know, I'm, I'm really proud of my mom because she's, um, she's got six months sober and you know at a time right now you would think that you know it'd be easy to fall back into alcohol um or drugs and and for her she's continued to go to meetings like even after my my father passing here and so you know uh, a lot of the people in the meeting were like you know you're really inspiring that you're here your husband just passed away and you know and she's like well I kind of need the support and stuff so you know, I, you know, for me, I was like, I got to stay for as long as I could, you know, and so, you know, yeah. I'll be going, my honey will be coming up on, on Thursday, and, um, and then we're gonna um, come back on Sunday. So I'll be back at Edmonton um, for the next week. But, you know, we're gonna have some family that are going to be checking on mom, because, you know, uh, she's retired out here in Airdrie, you know, kind of on her own. So, um uh, you know, um, Lori and uh, and the girls will be will be here quite a bit, and I'll be coming back as well. So yeah, well, it's good that she has all that support. And big shout out to Chris. You know, I'm thinking about you. That's Kurt's mom. We do have a guest, and he did finally show up. He was uh, texting me when you started talking, saying that can you give me a minute? I'm eating pizza, and then I have to go to the washroom. So <laughs> I, I only tease him because he is my brother my younger brother i used to call him my little brother but he's not a child anymore anybody and i'm gonna bring him in his name is bryce hey bryce what's up nothing man what's up how you doing brother doing good man kurt straight off my condolences man so so difficult i was listening to i was listening to what you were saying and uh it's it's such a difficult thing to go through that process and uh like not just from a, like a, an emotional perspective, but like what you're talking about the, the clerical and the, uh, the, just like organizing all of those, all of those things. I, uh, yeah, I feel for, I feel for everyone in your family, but. Dude. Well, thank you for the, uh, for the condolences. And, you know, I know that you guys went through your own uh, process with your father as well. So you're kind of familiar with being in and out of the hospital and, and, yeah. and that whole, that whole thing as well. So, and especially like now with, with, with COVID and stuff, you know, I, I tried to be as 
as understanding as, as possible with, with the staff that were kind of short tempered um, with, with all of us being there because they had such tight restrictions, but yeah. you know, um, big shout out to all the people that are working there day after day. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. Um, you know, that people can do that job. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know. I, I, I watched this, um, I watched this lady on YouTube who's like a, a mortician and she, she talks about, being able to approach your family and approach conversations about these, the, like the, the, the ways of passing that you have to follow strict guidelines, but there's, you can't just like, Oh, just push it aside. Like somebody has to take care of all these things. And it was a, it was a really informative thing that she talked about being able to talk to your family and talk to the people that are involved in you about plans so that when it comes you don't get taken advantage of by people that like are in an industry that doesn't, you know, care about you. They care about what, what their industry is, which is is a, re- a really difficult thing to talk about. But like when you talk about it beforehand, um, it becomes a little bit easier to access and it, it's, it's easier to go through a grieving process and, and deal with day-to-day things like, how are you going to pay for this? How all these things. And it was really informative and it was a hard thing to like, think about how to approach our family specifically about that, especially when a scare did arrive. But it was like, it's really important because, you know, sometimes that onus just gets put on one person in your family and who knows who that is. And if they can deal with that, because we all grieve in our own ways. Right. Mm-hmm. No, it's definitely, it can be an industry and you got to be, um, aware of that, you know, and, and, and that's, that's one of the things that we did see with some of the funeral homes and, you know, the process of, of getting George's life insurance and the whole thing, you know? Um, yeah, it, it definitely, it, because you're not thinking at the time, like mm-hmm. one of the things I got to say that I'm, I'm really disappointed at seeing, um, in the, the, uh, Foothills hospital in, in, well, I didn't see it personally, but one of my cousins went to, uh, the gift shop and in there they had like, um, a say a little, little tiny sage set, mm-hmm. uh, in there to buy for $80. And yeah. it's like, um, that's right there is a, a good example of taking advantage of of people you know when they're grieving because first of all you know as first nations we we don't really sell those things you know i know it's not on um first nations terms in the hospital um but to sell something um that's i guess it was a really small amount too so it seems like it was like making money off people's grieving just like you said there, Bryce, you know, so you got to be careful and Foothills Hospital. I'm disappointed to see that you're selling um, such a, a small, first of all, selling sage, but a, a small amount of sage to people that are um, in crisis and that will pay the $80 for that little wow. bit of sage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's yeah. insane. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right. All right. Well, we brought... <laughs> Bryce here because we do like to talk about music yeah. every week a little bit. And Bryce has experience as a punk rock drummer and he's toured both the East and the West Coast of the U.S. in a true punk rock fashion, sleeping in the back of a car on strangers' floors and not showering four weeks at a time. So we're going to turn this over to you, Bryce. And why don't you tell us what that experience was like and tell us a little bit about that band. Cause I know you guys have been working on some old recordings lately. So maybe we'll hear some of that stuff that never came out. Yeah. 
Um, so the band that you're referring to is a band that I played with with my good friend Casey and Jesse. Jesse Taylor right now is working. Has he always been in in, in an insane work rate? And he's um, he goes under the moniker In Years, which is his uh, band right now, and um, he's doing amazing work uh, i think he's getting close to releasing something else but um when we were playing it was just the three of us we were in a just a, a trio and uh jesse has been uh like a recording engineer for a lot of bands around vancouver for a very very long time and he uh he, he put out a compilation with a a lot of uh a lot of really interesting really cool music music groups um and uh I got the pleasure to play with him and we started playing, we started working together. We started writing and um, we got a really, really great opportunity to play with our good friends. Like one of the first tours was we played with uh, N213 Groove Vision and we all jumped in a van, went down the West Coast. We, uh, you know, none of us, none of us have any like, uh, what, is, what is it uh, when you get you go to the passport and you apply for whatever the money that you have to make or a work you, visa. That's the one. Right? <laughs> I don't know shit about it because I like, I like put a snare drum and the symbols underneath the seat. And we just hope to God that nobody, you know, looked through the van when we, when we were across. And uh, fortunately in Bellingham, right across the border, uh, a friend of Shammy's who's the guitar player and two and three, He's like, I got a locker storage full of like cabs, you know, some shitty drums, whatever. So we just, as soon as we got across the border, we just threw it all in the truck, threw it on the van and we just went across and uh, yeah, it was, it was amazing. We went, went all over the place. We never made any money, but we met so many people. Like there, there was like, even if we could have claimed something, what would we have claimed? Like that, you know, we hung out and, you know we we drove into the back back part of a fucking broken down house and there was 45 kids there and nobody bought a thing and the power went out and you know but they're fucking amazing times you know what i mean it was really great it was really cool but uh i did on that tour thanks to shammy the same guy i met um mike watt from one of my like favorite bands it was super influential to me uh the minutemen and when we were in Los Angeles, he just like walked us around to where they jammed and like hung out with us. He didn't see the show because he's like, I don't know, he's like 65 right now, but he still promotes music. He's got a radio station. He promotes independent underground music. So it was, it was really fun. And we met so many people along the way. And it's just like, you know, jump in a van, play a show. You get 20 bucks, 100 bucks for gas. It just goes into gas and then you go to the next place and you just, yeah, you just go. But super great experience in my life. But uh, yeah, no, no way of a sustainable like lifestyle. Well, for me, anyways. <laughs> <laughs> so for everybody out there who doesn't know, Bryce started playing drums for my dad and myself in bars when he was 17 years old. So. He didn't only play um, crazy punk rock shows. He also played in dive bars in country shows for about seven years with us. What was that like for you, Bryce? 
Yeah, it was awesome. Oh, sorry. Let me let me preface. Uh, if everyone <laughs> said that uh, my band's name was Mormon Crosses under that, oh. <laughs> if there's Bandcamp uh, Bandcamp up or whatever, it's uh, you know it's available. Maybe there's a few songs we've did some split cassettes, um, but yeah. Sorry, I just wanted to get. I, I forgot to mention that. So yeah, that that was the band name. But um, hashtag Mormon Crosses. I don't know. Mormon Crosses. Yeah. Look for it. You know, I don't know. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was. Uh, I don't know. There's so much to say about it. It was. It was like it was growing up. I got to meet a whole group of people that. I would have never had access to just being in high school, um, being, you know, being 17 years old and getting a chance to go like meet all these, all these country musicians that have been like around forever. They've been doing their thing in Alberta because we were located in Red Deer. So uh, there was two or three, there was three bars at the time that we all got to like jam and play and hang out at. And when I was 17, I think my first gig was at the Arlington. And I got to get in when I was underage, which was super exciting because I got to, you know, <laughs> you know, I got to go in and play music. But then I just, as soon as I finished playing, sat out in the in the uh, in the lobby, just twiddling my thumbs, waiting for the break to be over so I could come back in and play because I was only allowed in on stage or the fuck out of the building. So. You know. <laughs> Well, here's a kind of a cool connected story. Bryce actually started playing drums because Kurt's brother left his drums at our house and moved back to Calgary. So he just left him there. And then Bryce kept walking by the drum room. And I, then I taught him everything I knew. And, you know, that took about five minutes. But then the rest is history. Then he became a drummer. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of what was it was a it was a pearl export series. You know which kit it was. It was the the, the uh, like, blue pearl kit that Dean had. The blue one, eh? I yeah. still have the kick. I it's still in my sphere of like. Oh, he had like a really nice Ludwig snare, um, like like a gorgeous Ludwig snare that had. It was a very, a very unique uh, finish on it, and I, it looked special to me. I didn't know anything about drums at the time, but it looked special to me. So during our like communication when we were still talking and like hanging out i i i gave it back to him and i gave him back his symbols and stuff like that that he left because i don't know just like whatever music mm-hmm. should have their gear i don't you know yeah but right. my whole life I, you know i don't want to take anybody else's stuff or if i have i'm sorry if i've lost it you know <laughs> <laughs> for real <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, well, no. You and your brother used to play together, right, Kurt? Well, you know, it's it's funny. I was I was just gonna say that. Uh, you know, I worked at Air Canada, and I really didn't have much plans to play music or anything. Actually, I thought I was gonna work at Air Canada for my whole life. And um, you know, uh, Dean was like, "Hey, man," he called me up, and he's like, "Let's just play, man. Let's just let's just jam and and play. You know, play in a band type of thing." So. You know, uh, he kind of was the one who who pulled me um, fully back into music because I really didn't have any plans of of, uh, you know, doing anything serious with it or or, or, or any of those type of things. So, um, yeah, he 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 uh, he was responsible for <laughs> pulling me back into it, uh, you know, because I used to jam as a kid with you guys and, 
you know, stuff like that, but never, never anything serious until, you know, um, until that second time when Dean was like, yeah, let's jam, let's just, you know, play. And then, you know, um, 9-11 happened while I was at work there. And so, you know, I got a package, um, a three-year package at Air Canada. And, um, and then the rest is history. I went full-time from there, you know, um, into music and that. So, yeah, pretty wild, man. So I had no idea this pod was going to connect connected to 9-11 somehow. <laughs> Well, that's that's what I'm going to do on YouTube. I'm going to tag 9-11 now for this one. Yeah. We'll get more, I mean, so we'll get more viewers. That's how Trent got my dad back into it, too. You know, he just started learning, and he's like, oh, well, now that I play again, dad, you got to make me you know, do this. So Dean was responsible for YouTube playing, and I was responsible for dad playing. I mean, we're like the puppet masters, and you know, you just, well, that's I, I mean, that's that's a really loose way to put it. Like, that's like a butterfly <laughs> bullshit. Like, just because he left hey, man. the house doesn't mean he's the reason. It, like, I, <laughs> I came to figure out how to do this because there was music all around the house, and I was like, oh well, I could fit. I, you know, I can fit into this, and you know, I was. I was playing sports at the time and, you know, starting to box and do all these things. But like, man, I'm just, I'm just not aggressive enough for any of those things. And drums perfect, like a perfect intermediary. Like I could, you know, get all that energy out and skip school and practice and (laughs) (laughs) what the hell is school? My family to like the, I, I don't know, mom's a saint, like how she put up with that shit like her ability to just like tune off what's going on in the rest of the world. Because there were times when it was like four and a half, five hours in the basement where I was just like playing terrible, terrible drums. (laughs) It's like, it's not like guitar. Like when you can go sit in a room quietly and just like, you know, all of a sudden you, you work your way up and you can come out and it sounds good when you come out drums. It's like the house is shaking. Everybody's irritated. I walk up. Remember those, um, do you remember those uh, those little like mesh things that Dean had, and you could drum like inside of the apartment? Yeah, 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 yeah totally. They like uh, they. Oh, what were those called? What was that again? Uh, quiet sound pads, I think. And they yeah. they have them now. They have them to the point where it's like they have cymbals that are quiet, so the cymbals are metal, so they still feel the same, but they just like. They sound like that. And the pads are like, bah, 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 bah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember like, I think I remember playing some of Dean's drum kit that had that in the that apartment that we had there. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. A little travel kit that you can like fold up and put inside yourself. And then he just had mesh pads on it. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Hey, got to gotta keep the, the skills going, right? Yeah, I got, you know, it's like, I'm, I'm struggling with the same things. If it wasn't for, you know, my like i just like i i finally got interested in playing again i took like after after we kind of stopped with mormon crosses i took like i don't know it was probably probably a good two maybe three years where i didn't didn't really listen to music too much didn't do anything but like listen to people talk podcasts you know all that kind of shit um i was just like i was burnt out man i'd like played with trend dad for so long and then i played with mormon crosses i had another band before that that we did a kind of recording with uh, with my really good friend at the time, Pierce Bowie. We did a recording project called Telephone Girls, and I just got to the point where it was like, 
we were playing, I don't know, you know, maybe once, twice a week if we were lucky um, at just different venues around Vancouver. But it was kind of uh, like an, a very insular scene with, I don't know, you know, our, our really close friends that were in bands that we supported and we loved and everybody everybody showed up for everybody, which was awesome. But, you know, the shows didn't have too much of a, like, there wasn't a, like a buzz. And um, and then it just got to the point where we went on tour. It just didn't have enough money and everything kind of just like, phew. so I just took a break. Like I took a hiatus. I still kept in contact with Trent. And when I'd come home, I'd play. But um, finally found a jam space through some, some old friends I played with. It's It's in a, a really like tiny little place but they they got me a place where i could set up drums and I'm finally back in it and you know i'm kind of like revitalized i just needed the break so it's like you know but it's hard it's hard in vancouver there's no like my apartment that i'm in right now it's tiny you know it's 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 good for vancouver but it's it's small i can't have drums in here and i've got a sample pad which i can practice on and I've got recording stuff, but like to, to, you know, practice live, you have to have a space. So it's like spaces are limited. Vancouver pushes artists out and they continually like take away spaces for development because, you know, artists. There's lots of space in Edmonton for you. <laughs> 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 but uh, yeah, but I got a kit now and, you know, I'm, I, I found some, uh, I found some secret spots where I'm going to try. You almost have a kid. You're going to be a dad soon. Oh, no, I have a kid. I, I'm, oh, I'm, I thought you said I, a kid. No. I I'm, like, I'm like, I don't see a kid yet. True. I'm so excited. I've got, I've got a beautiful baby girl coming on the way soon. So that's that's huge. So, uh, you know. You have a baby girl coming? Absolutely, man. Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, she's due on February 21st. So next month-ish. Um her name's Olive Alice, and uh, yeah, we're super excited. My thanks, thanks, buddy. My beautiful yeah, girl. That, that's really cool, man. She's healthy as shit. She's she's great. So everything's going good so far. Well, that's good, man. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, Bryce has been playing guitar too. He sent me a song that he miraculously wants me to finish for him, but. Um, I haven't got around to it yet because I've got about, I've been looking at my, my song list here and I've been sending Bryce files because we're trying to finish a project. Not, not only the one that we're working on, but I've got my own album that I want to finish up and it, it's nine songs. And then I got another nine songs already to go too. So I got like two albums basically almost done sitting there plus the one we're working on. So I got to get, my poop in a group and get some stuff released here. So yeah, but music is your job. <laughs> <laughs> but that's all, you know, you just got to do it. <laughs> I, uh, I, I actually, I just sent him a track that I did your guys' song, um, which I'm not going to mention the title because I sent a, a message to you, which you, you, you can't use famous song titles anymore, my friend, because nobody's going to look up your song and find it. Yes, they will. The, that's the whole point of the song. Each and every line in that song is a song title. That's what the point of the song is? Yes. Well. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. Well, anyways, I did a drum track and it's not very good, but I just, you know, we're, we're now that we've got technology on our side like this, uh, 
was able to record some drums. I sent him a, 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 a mix and, you know, and then we can do feedback and we can just continue to go back and forth with it. So, you know, it's, it's good. But, I mean, the way it goes, technology is amazing. You know? Yeah, it's pretty rad. It is. It is because that's why we're doing this right now, boys. Yeah, yeah that's true. <laughs> but like last time, I tried to record for trance. No, 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 not last time. The last two times I've been <laughs> trying to record, we've had eight hours to do five to twelve songs any given time. Set <laughs> up the mics, you know, in a random location. Last time it was a, a dope studio. It was really cool. There's some hiccups there. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Shit, whatever. I'm not. Uh, I'm not when you're doing something fast, you don't always get it right. Like we had a couple of the songs where I forgot to turn on one of the overhead mics, so there's only one overhead, and it's uh, it's just insane. And then the kick mic, and it was broke. Break, like it didn't hit every every hit of his kick, so it would like click sometimes. Oh, no, so all those tracks were pretty much like a capacitor out. blown because when it yeah. went over, it just like. You know, so yeah. it's just shit like that. But um, we recorded some stuff at the Friendship Center that our, uh, our sister works at. We just like ran in there, threw together the shit, put mics on the drums, got the best sound we could. And then just like, bang, 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 trying to, trying to like nail songs off. And it's like, oh, this, this is a process. You know, you want to give, you want to give songs like care and compassion and like, like, soundscape you want to give things like get it done oh it's like okay you know this song is a little bit more this so should we like change the sound of the drums for this and like each song you know has such you know a necessity of 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 sonic difference that it's like when you go to do something like that it's like you're just trying to get the the best take that you can that's usable all this speaking about songs oh my goodness well i'm gonna sing a song sing a song brother just because uh bryce talks so much i felt like well usually i'm not the one who who initiates the music here but we're already like 35 minutes in i might as well sing a song and then then we're gonna get bryce to sing a song that is absolutely (laughs) (laughs) so i can play a song but there is no way you're hearing my voice (laughs) well yeah you know you can play that instrumental that you do okay so this song is called uh do you hear me now kurt's heard it before but i rewrote the lyrics so you haven't heard this version it's a song i wrote i just listened to it i'm not going to explain it (laughs) the uh the thing about songwriting is is that sometimes you can write something and it can change multiple times like i've got songs that i've written three different times the same chord structure and like never released like two of the versions or whatever but they were completely different songs before i put out what the final product was right so that's just the way it is so this one's called do you hear me now Stories 
Christmas, my residential school days. Children being beaten, mothers running away. Too many never came home, so many mothers cried. Honey, guys, came home and paid the price. Blessed to be alive, to stand tall every day. Just wait, give me a second now. I gotta move the lyrics. I think you were gonna move the lyrics. Leaves lie scattered over on my graves. All the little souls mattered. What were their names? Imagine Coke and Mushroom never made it home. Just like that, you were never born. To be alive, to stand tall every day. Got a lot of life left to live, I've lived to say. Can't back down, we change now. This grief's piled up. You hear me now? All right, that's it, man. And don't laugh at me because I can't remember words, Bryce. <laughs> it's a serious song. You're not supposed to laugh. <laughs> I know it's serious. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's okay. But I was like, I was so excited that you had gone that far and all of the words were like <laughs> Well, I, there's no way on this program that I could get everything I needed in one one. <laughs> okay, sorry. No, you don't have to apologize. I was like, I, when we like you you should have just like, I don't know, did a did a a, a guitar ring. I tried, and then I couldn't, my, my mouse wouldn't work, so I thought I'd just explain myself, okay? <laughs> the first rule of performing is not to admit when you've made a mistake. I know, right? Don't start the song over. Don't just be like, oh, shit, sorry. Everybody, everybody guys, stop. Hold on. Let's just start that over again. Yeah. <laughs> your way through that shit. <laughs> I'm starting it over. But that'll be like, I was talking about the projects I have. I started writing what I thought was going to be an EP probably two years ago. I was a housing outreach worker. I worked for Homer Trust Edmonton for five years. I started as a truck driver with Fine Furniture, which helps, goes and gets donations and helps people experiencing homelessness um, refurnish their new apartments when they get part of the housing outreach program. And after that, I became a housing locator for the McDonald Loss Project and then a housing outreach worker, and then a permanent supporting housing coordinator. So I had all this experience with frontline work with people experiencing homelessness. So I wanted to, I started writing songs about this. But like a lot of things, I experienced burnout, I had to take time off work, and I've since left that profession. So I put all those songs aside for about, I don't know, almost a year, because 
I didn't want to think about all that stuff. I was too busy trying to like heal my own brain from everything that I saw, right? Because that's the one thing that people don't understand is when you work a job like that, especially as an indigenous person, they these agencies use you to go and help people from your community, mm-hmm. but they don't realize what what they're doing also is re-traumatizing you from your own intergenerational trauma, your own childhood trauma. And there's not enough resources for the workers to actually deal with that. Cause I've known a ton of indigenous frontline workers in that sector that have had to leave. So like, that's why I left these songs for so long. I had to really clear my head, step back and just be like, Ooh, but now I want to finish them because I'm like, I'm better. You know, I'm not, it's not like I'm better, but my head is more clear and I can think about the topics a bit better without being completely negative. And that's why I had to leave the job is because I was, when you have a negative outlook about everything you do during the day, it just doesn't work, right? Like you're not helping anybody if you're not, if you're not wanting to be there, if you feel triggered by everything that's going on around you. So it was just time to step back and take a breather, which is good because that that brought us here. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I, I think that's what, you know, is good for any profession is, is to be able to take a break, even for the stuff that we love, you know, it's yeah. important for, you know, because you, you really do, you, you grow to love and, and you grow to remember why you play music and why you do these things, you know, because when it, when you, you know, it's, it's like anything else, it gets to be kind of a job sometimes and you get into a, you know, a, a routine of it and stuff. And even myself, like I have certain shows and you know a certain uh places that i you know play like even myself uh in dallas there when we were on tour you know it was it was like crazy you know like sometimes we would do three shows in one day you know but they were like kind of community shows so a lot of times you know they would take care of you but sometimes you'd be sleeping in the nurses center you know on a reserve because there is no hotel there's no hotel there. So they'll 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 have you in the nurses center and stuff like that. You know, so you know, traveling around like like even in a in a community style show, which which is my style of show, I guess I, I would say is a community thing. There's some some wild stories like I was saying, you know, us siphoning gas to get home, you know, after and <laughs> bored. <laughs> you know, you just never know. Um you know, and those are the those are the stories that 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 makes you know this life kind of interesting and fun. I think as as a musician and then as somebody who's an entertainer, and yeah, it, it's it's good when we when we're able to take a break. You know, yeah, but yeah. it inspires better stories. Go ahead, Bryce. Sorry. No, no, you don't. And that's like uh, you know, the thing about it is like we're all in 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 all of our own ways and all of the ways with like we've created music and the people that we've tried to like express our ideas to whatever that whatever that is it's all about like the community that you're trying to find you know it's like and and, and we all find it in our own ways whether it's like you know Kurt you like an actual on the reserve community that like really really you know you had an impact on or like we're all we did the country thing and we did all these things so everybody's kind of taken their own path but like we're all looking to like build our community and build you know people's like connection to us as as individuals so that we can like have those moments that are interesting or or funny or whatever but 
also like man Trent you know to take a break and to separate yourself from those songs is huge because like not only are you telling the like that that line that like you lived it you're writing about it you're feeling it but then like as as, a, as an artist you have to be able to like remove like or I don't know if you have to have no experiences but like it seems to me that you would have to be able to remove yourself and 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 say what you want to say not be exploitive not be dark not be too many things that are like so directly related that you can't express it like you you're you, there's so many levels of lines that you have to like break through to be able to like just get the song out in a way that like feels right to you that you can keep working on it and keep performing it and keep playing it it's like yeah it's, it's hard um i you know i don't don't feel comfortable singing but like furthermore i don't know what i want to say and even further than that like once i get to say it can i say it more than once i mean it's you know yeah like i have a lot of respect for that like that process that you guys just go. write some lyrics dude <laughs> <laughs> i guarantee you that 90 percent of them to begin with aren't going to be any good until you figure out what is good for you right like you got to find your own voice yeah i mean i'm I think Kurt wants to express his voice now. He's got a guitar out and everything. Yeah, I'll jam a song. Might as well jam a little tune that I wrote. Hello, good morning, caffeine. Don't you worry, be happy. The morning light on your face from your screen. down the same old streets caught up in what you're taught to believe the water is better swimming upstream this world looking for a heart of gold walking this world alone makes for lonely soul These golden handcuffs and all the material things that don't mean a thing. Thank you.
girl looking for a heart of gold. This world alone makes for lonely souls. Forever, I'll be searching my own soul. Good job, man. I'm going to just look on my table here for a second so you two talk. I'm going to look for a cable because somebody wanted to hear Chelsea sing, but I wanted to preview our song before we go. They can hear Chelsea sing that way. It obviously obviously didn't work the first time when we were coming in because you didn't hear it, Kurt. So you two talk for a second. I'm going to find a cable. Sounds good. So, yeah, I, I uh, just wanted to say that um, I might be doing, a, I, I'm just finishing my first documentary as well. Um, it, it, it's a documentary on the um, the search for the young spirits on my reserve. Mm-hmm. And so I was able to go out and, and film some of the first um, meetings and, and, and some of the first talk about how they're going to start the search um, on my reserve and it looks like there's they're going to be not only searching for people from my community but they're going to be searching for people from other communities that sent their kids to our community because it was the only school that was open at the time and uh it's it's really crazy because the first school that opened on my reserve was 1887 and the uh the last one was 1996 so it's uh, one of the, the, the last ones. And, uh, you know, big shout out to Williams Lake as well. I heard that there was, um, you know, over 90 uh, burial uh, sites that were found there, which means that there's going to be a, a heck of a lot of bodies. If there's 90 places to search, um, you know, it's, it's, it's unimaginable for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's why I kind of... <clears throat> rewrote the lyrics to that song i had to like be able to comment on that somehow because residential school has such a huge ripple effect through our communities you know like mm-hmm. everybody we all went there even if we didn't go there right like we feel yeah. those effects every day so it's something that has to be people have to talk about it has to be remembered and you know people have to realize that we're all healing from it right so. yeah and it's you know like when i go to schools and talk to the young children, you know, um, you know, I, I talk about that and I say, you know, sometimes, you know, you're going to hear that in your career in school, the words truth and reconciliation and or reconciliation, which whichever um, word, you know, is for you. Um, but, you know, it's telling those unfortunate truths and those real truths that, you know, make people uncomfortable. You know, and, and sometimes the reconciliation is having those conversations with each other, different conversations and with different nations and different people from around the world and telling these young kids to celebrate each other, celebrate what makes you different from each other, celebrate what your culture, you know, makes you different and find out, you know, where you are, where you're from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I, I found like, um, you know, just even when, you know, we found over, um, the, when the news came about Maryville, like talking to my dad, you know, I, I never had really much experience talking to Kokum about it because I was really young. We didn't really discuss that, but with talking to my dad about it, he was so guarded. Um, so closed off about it that it just he was like yeah yeah we knew about it and then I was like man like I was tears you know what I mean I was like just just the thought of it and then him going through the 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 application process and and um Veronica helping them through that and just having conversations about it it's like we had I think like you know at least four hours discussions about it and it wasn't until like I finally got to go back and visit and us be like a family that like he really did like break down a little bit. And I've never, you know, my, my dad's, I've maybe seen him cry like once, twice. No, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? But to be able to like, to, to understand how like our generation and how our, our parents' generation and how everybody has like that, that, that way of dealing with that type of pain. It's just like, it's not, easy for us to just move move into it and like with all the counseling and with all the things that we have access to it's still it's like our most closest people to us are still struggling so how are we going to start healing how are they healing you know it's like this is going to take like this is going to take so much time like Trent you've gone through it you've been through therapy you've been through all these things Kurt I don't know if you have all my secrets <laughs> you know, this is time that we all have to start talking about it because like we got us yeah. healing and we have to we have to use anything that's around us for us to be able to do so it's, yeah and i think it's important that we have three male figures here and that's something that I, i'm glad that we're touching on here right now you know is because um you know uh, our men need to follow suit in our women's healing and uh right now they are definitely ahead of us in our communities uh, you know, getting together and, and doing things like this, but in person, you know, with their uh, ribbon skirt making circles and drum circles, talking stick circles, all those things getting together and finding their healing. I think it's important for us as men to maybe start a collective, you know, I want to put that out there into the world like let's 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 have a men's collective and and you know let's start having men's walks and you know stuff for missing and murdered men and stuff and because there's not really anything uh for our for our men and our boys in our community and we can't really expect our women's to make those programs happen we have to do it ourselves and and it's it's honest there's there's so many ways we can go about it it doesn't have to be anything crazy but like we have to talk to each other like we have to be open because like we can't can't go forward all the time and just like you know shove it down you know to the pit of your stomach and just like burst out with all the all the worst ways like and we're starting to find that out and it's like man i just want to be able to like pass on good health not pass on good mind you know and what you know thankfully you know, with, with my mom and my dad, like, I'm so blessed to have two people that like gave us, gave us some tools, some, some, some tools. And hopefully we can just like keep adding to those. Yeah. Wonder. Mm-hmm. Okay. So here's, yeah. thanks for joining us. Thanks Bryce for being with us. 
listening to Do You Hear Me Now? Amplifying Indigenous Voices, where each and every week we bring you stories about Indigenous music and Indigenous artists all across Turtle Island.